Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Welcome to Narrative Live. We will be live with the panel in just a few minutes, but with all the stuff going on with the U.S. Postal Service and Louis DeJoy, I thought it'd be great to get Glenn Kirshner, the federal prosecutor, former federal prosecutor, uh, on the line with us to talk to us a little bit about the crimes that Mr. DeJoy may have already committed. Uh, hi, Glenn. How are you? Hey, Zeb. How are you? Good to be with you again. Thanks very much for joining me at this uh, quick uh, turnaround. So you posted something interesting the other day about uh, DeJoy needs to be in de jail. Tell me a little bit about why you think he's already committed some crimes. Yeah, so it looks like, based on the reporting, um, he was pressuring his employees to donate to Republican candidates of his choosing. <laughs> he was also pressuring them to attend high-dollar fundraisers for Republican candidates at his 15,000-square-foot gated mansion. I do wonder how many of the postal employees he supervises live in a 15,000-foot gated mansion. I even wonder if his mail carrier is permitted inside his gates to deliver his mail. He, he has um, golden. He has a golden staircase, by the way, uh, 18-carat gold um, Zeb, staircase. Why, why wouldn't we? Why, why, why wouldn't we? we? He's just a public servant, of course. Um. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was pressuring his employees to donate, and you know, frankly. The director of his human resources department back when he was running New Breed Logistics, a North Carolina-based company, which he was the CEO for for more than 30 years. Right. His HR director went on record, and I can almost um, quote it verbatim. He said, Louis DeJoy asked us for money. We gave him money, and he then gave us big bonuses to reimburse us. That would be, in, in a dozen words, campaign finance fraud. Right. Um, it violates both the federal law and, more importantly for our purposes, the North Carolina state law. And Josh Stein, the attorney general for the state of North Carolina, has already weighed in, of course, via tweet, because that's how all public servants communicate these days. And he said, look, this is the kind of thing that needs to be investigated because it may very well have violated North Carolina state law. It would be a felony and there is no statute of limitations. That's the, that's the so money that's the, line. So right there. there could be something going on there from the state level. Now, uh, Elizabeth Warren and a couple of her colleagues just put out a report saying that they have done a study of medical um, delays, prescription delays for people who need their medicines, and they're just not getting to it. It looks like uh, the delays started off in the early part of 2020 as being about 18 to 32% delays, delayed. that is instead of a two to three days, it was three to four days. Now they're starting to be five to seven days. So a 50% delay, um, plus a lot of the people who are fulfilling the, the prescriptions, a lot of these companies say they need to um, resend or reship a lot of these out because some of them are getting lost. Yeah. Is there that's, a way to, to say, Mr. DeJoy, you have, you're, you know, you're standing in the way of people's um, health care, and you know, is there a way to, to, to get him through that? Is there a, a criminal statute we could apply to that? You know, there is a criminal statute that applies to somebody who is entrusted with the delivery of the mail and he wrongfully delays the mail. Again, that perfectly describes what Louis DeJoy has set about doing from the moment he became Postmaster General. We saw the internal documents, the talking points memos that were generated after he took over as the Postmaster General. And it said, listen, the trucks will leave the docks on time. I understand you will be frustrated because we're going to have to leave mail on the mailroom floor. We're going to have to leave mail undelivered on the on the docks, but the trucks will run on time. It's it's good that he's got the trains and the trucks running on time. And, and the problem I don't know if is, he has. it seems to be delays and, everywhere. And Louis DeJoy, logistics expert, as he mm. builds himself, you know what he the remedy is? He said all we'll do is we'll take the mail the next day that we had to leave on the mailroom floor or on the docks and we'll deliver it the following day. It's like, yes, and then twice as much will be piled up, Mr. Logistics right. Expert. So listen, this is by design. This is slowing the mail. This is doing Trump's nefarious bidding and Mnuchin's nefarious bidding. He had a hand in picking Louis DeJoy for this particular dirty task. And they're trying to inject more chaos and confusion into you know the, the ballots by mail. There might be delays on both sides, five to seven days to get a ballot to a voter, and then five to seven days 
to get uh, the ballot back. And you really might miss a lot of people who, who need to be voting. And if it's his former XPO company that's shipping all these things around, you know, it's his company that does a lot of the contracting, his former company that does all the contracting to, to the USPS, he could really cause trouble for the delivery of specific ballots or specific boxes to specific districts that are really tight. Yeah, and let's not forget that given some of the financial interest he has in, in um, agencies that compete with the post office, if the U.S. Postal Service fails, Louis DeJoy benefits financially. How do you like that for a public servant? Well, from what I've read about his private company, you know, the, the former company, the XPO, there's like a mobbed up operation. It basically is designed to fail. It doesn't even have the, uh, the credit backing that it needs. It's sort of designed to grow until it collapses. And that was a, an analyst that put out a report in 2018 about the, the company. And it also talks about a group of directors there and executives that are basically felons. You know, there's five felons in the higher executive uh, uh, ranks of this company, which indicates a little bit of, you know, who Louis DeJoy hangs out with. Uh, there's yeah, an old saying I, I about that. I don't know what kind of qualifications they're looking for on the resume. I yeah. mean, is it just, do they look for felony convictions or misdemeanors okay? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. But should, is there anything that the, uh, the consumer can do? Can we sue the USPS to say this guy is, uh, you know, is, is damaging our service that we're allowed to get in terms of the Constitution? Is there a class action lawsuit or something like that to say Louis yes. DeJoy's got to go? Yeah, first of all, I'm not a civil law expert yeah. and I've never filed a class action lawsuit in my life. So I wouldn't pretend to be an expert on this. I've talked to some of my friends who are civil litigators yeah. and they say they think it would be an uphill battle. I think it's an academic question, quite right. frankly, because even if you could get a judge to certify um, uh, plaintiffs as a class, it may be that the, the uh, officials could you know, plead that they were acting within their official duties. And so it's an uphill battle. But I say it's academic because this thing, you know, it would never come to fruition before the Time, election yeah. or before we had an opportunity to actually have an impact on DeJoy's shenanigans before November. Louis DeJoy got to go because he's apparently committed campaign finance fraud. He's delaying crucial medications to people by as much as 50%. This is really interesting today because the Warren investigation, you know, Warren and, and her colleagues in the Senate, did a real investigation to figure out exactly how much of a delay there was on medication. And I'm glad they chose medication because it doesn't look political. But of course, if it's happening to medication, it potentially is happening to all other mail. And they found some interesting things. I mean, it was actually quite a very strongly worded uh, statement. She said, we know Louis DeJoy is sabotaging the postal service and our investigation reveals his scheming has slowed the delivery of mail order prescription drugs, threatening health risks. Uh, for millions of Americans during a pandemic. He needs to resign, and if he won't, the Board of Governors must remove him. Uh, let's look at the language that uh, Senator Warren has chosen there. Okay, I'll put it back up. Sabotage mm -hmm. indicates mens rea. I got it memorized. It's, it's, I mean, you've got three terms there. Sabotage, scheme, and uh, all health uh, pandemic. That'll, that'll do it. But the first two are the big ones. Sabotage means an intentional act of destruction with the hope of, uh, you know, harming assets or stopping some activity. Um, in, you know, if you're talking about prosecution, say criminal, you're looking at mens rea and actus reus. Mens rea would be, do you have uh, knowledge of what you're doing is supposed to be harmful? Actus reus, do you take an action uh, subsequent to that? And sabotage in one French word, uh, you know, which means throw the wooden sandal in the thing. So it goes boom. Um, <laughs> that indicates both mens rea and actus reus. You know, if you're, you know, it's not, I made an oopsie. I dropped my shoe that I knew I was going to hurt this thing. And I intentionally caused damage. So she's so making a really she's serious that out there. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't, well, I, and I then didn't get that from that, you that's why you're here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and scheme is in all kinds of prosecutions for conspiracies that if you've got multiple people that have a tricky little plan for them to get what they want, that is illegal. Um, you'll see the phrase in furtherance of the scheme. If you have a scheme for, an, you know, a federal prosecutor, uh, that means uh, particularly when you have co-conspirators, you had a plan that you executed with multiple people, which this is to do something that is uh, breaks federal felonies. And when you talk about threatening health risks for millions of Americans during a pandemic, 
Um, think of the number of medications that are that that will cause great distress if they miss um, if you know a patient misses suddenly a bunch of doses in a row. Let's say you have a lot of um, you have a lot of PT, PTSD uh, patients who are veterans who primarily get their, if not entirely, get their prescriptions through the mail. Let's say you're on an anxiolytic, clonopin, Xanax, Ativan, something like that, to reduce um, stress on a regular basis, um, which you know would be one of the, the methodologies. If suddenly you, if you are a daily user of that substance, and suddenly you cut that off, you could go into um, seizures. It's really dangerous, right? Um, it's really dangerous, and even suicide. It's extremely dangerous. It's a risk of that. Um, you know, you, like that by that might be a risk with antipsychotics or, or um, mood stabilizers. Um, generally, antidepressants might take a few more days to taper off in terms of blood serum levels. But there's a number of those classes of drugs that, if you suddenly cut off just those alone, leave it there, you're talking about something bad could happen. Um, where you have a neurological problem, like a seizure, that would be very acute, or you could decompensate psychologically and possibly end up suicidal or in dangerous behavior. That's just, that. there's probably a hundred other examples. It's a really serious uh, thing and that they're so doing. He is you know? it's, a, it's really... Intentionally, it... intentionally causing health distress um, in a scheme with other active co-conspirators against federal and state... Um, you know, statutes of multiple sorts, and the son of a bitch has a financial incentive unique to himself, where the more he, more damage he causes, the more money he makes for, because his wife still has, what, $30 million in stock in XPL? She's $75 million that she, she has, which of course is, there's shared stock, but she's holding it for obvious reasons, but it's a significant right. amount so, of money. And that's yeah. A, yeah that yeah that's a, a lot so that's certainly enough to for an incentive i'm i'm just thinking not of the moral conviction because we've already done that this man's a scumbag of yeah. uh, historic proportion but we're talking about i mean and i you, you see the the bloodlust on mr justice uh, glenn kirshner there who's mm -hmm. just like he can just sense like yep this is just like felony bait mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. Indictment, catnip, yes. So <laughs> I also want to pay attention, uh, pay, get you to pay attention to this one figure here. This thirty-five percent of reshipments. This is what um, the providers of medicine, whoever they might be, are saying that they have to reissue uh, shipments of of medication. Which means that if they're reissuing thirty-five percent of all the medication that's being sent out by them, where is that thirty-five percent going? And also, what does that mean for our ballots? Um, if 35% of our ballots start disappearing as well because of these, um, these uh, you know, delays that are causing this, these mystery disappearances. Uh, you know, it's an interesting stat. You'd I, have I, to... I don't want to read too much into it because it is just, it is oh, just no. about medication. Oh, no. oh but... I'm going to read tons. In... Oh, no, no. Let's read tons into this. Um, when you're talking about a massive you know, coast to coast plus American territories, Alaska, Hawaii, everywhere, um, military bases. When you're talking about the the fine-tuned machine of the U.S. Postal Service, uh, which guaranteed um, by the Constitution to exist as part of our, our national infrastructure and, you know, run by fantastic professionals uh, for, you know, over 200 years and incredibly successful to a, an, uh, you know, very reliable degree almost in the six sigma if you're in manufacturing you know you know zero zero point zero 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 one percent of uh you know errors and yeah it's, you know, it's very well controlled you, you it's just, very it's a very it's well controlled machine without a doubt going up to 49 percent delay inside of eight weeks yeah. is somebody is going monkeys have sledgehammers right that is not a <laughs> right. minor you know standard you know deviation away from the mean here that is they're lobbing grenades everywhere because they're all going to go to prison forever and they don't want to find out what the term prison wallet means if they google it so i mean that is a huge delay and you compound that you go to five to seven days for a ballot on one side and the other side you, know, you get the ballots five to seven days later and then you're sending it out it's going to arrive five to seven days late 
you compound that with everything else that's going to be delayed and how much mail is going to be on the on the post office floors. Uh, they're just that his stuff's not getting delivered. It's not going to go out. They're going to snowball into a real crisis by November third. If they're already experiencing these I mean, kinds of delays. So they're going to they're going to cause foreclosures. They're going to cause checks not to show up. They're going to cause businesses not to be paid. They're going to. I mean, th these are saboteurs. These were traitors who were trying to overthrow democracy. They got caught badly. It's not going well either. It's getting worse every day, and it's going to get to catastrophic levels of awful for these scumbags. And so now they're just trying to kill as many people as they possibly can and destroy uh, what's left of uh, our institutions. So, uh, yeah, and we're, we, we're we, watching them while they do it. We have to look at who this guy is, too. I mean, anybody that gets put into this sort of position this late in the Trump administration mm -hmm. is not basically your, your average uh, Eagle Scout. I mean, DeJoy comes from New York City. Uh, he took over his father's trucking company, oh, trucking. Uh, which was sort of lagging oh. and then turned it into a thing. I don't know. LB's not here, but what, what do you call I don't know. Trucking, New York City. She might Who say. do you have to deal with if you're she dealing with trucking companies in New York she City? There's a word for Mob it. I can't think it. I think it runs with lob, Mob. maybe. I don't Mob. know. Uh, and look at the guy. I mean, what what? You know, yeah. three episode arc of The Sopranos did this motherfucker walk out of? Exactly. Uh, how more obvious <laughs> can it be? He's he's there to fuck shit up, and I think people are pissed off about it. But uh, you know, it, it they are they aren't. I think people are sort of accepting it's just more fuckery, and they it, just they don't know what to do about it. Because what do you do? You just sort of it's really not. I, I I don't understand how much more obvious that this that that, that stuff has to get before people start to clue in. That, that things are wrong. I mean, we have, like LB said last week, that, you know, literally bags falling off of trucks mm -hmm. is mob shit. Um, and then morally, what, what this reminds me of is um, even the Bridgegate scandal in New Jersey, it just occurred to me, like mm -hmm. where uh, Chris Christie political points, like, you know, closed off the, uh, the lanes in Fort Lee. And, you know, ambulances couldn't get through. There, there was like real, like significant, you know, problems yeah. with yeah. this stuff. And, you know, they just didn't care. Yeah. They just don't care. They have no morals. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I, I just don't it's get it when you, when you do an executive search for this kind of person to you know hire them for the senior role, and you just find these these few things out about him. You know that he's associates with felons, that he's he's basically uh, done campaign finance fraud. How do you how does he get a job like this without getting screened out, you know, as this is a huge job. He's, the that's the whole sector. point with these scumbags. He got screened. This is what Greg's saying. He got screened in. He got screened these in. Yeah. This is a prerequisite for the job. Is you have yeah, to be a mob to get a job. Okay. Now I get Greg it. Greg pointed it out. Greg pointed it out. How yeah. do you get in this late in the game? Thanks, Greg. Yeah. They, like, they, this is this is all hands on deck. We need every scumbag mobster you got. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, no, everybody. no, no. We can't have the regular guy that's like kind of got the insurance company that's a little bit bent. No, we need a guy with a trucking company who will throw some bags off some stuff and don't care because yeah. he's going down too. That's and because he's going down anyway. To, to you know, maybe he's to, caught in joy with the joy. The joy. <laughs> so uh, this is going to make funny, exciting, and interesting um, election night. Um, and this is a segue to uh, Greg's great column today uh, yeah. on Prevail about how to mm. how to prepare yourself mentally psychologically i don't know if it's even possible to prepare yourself but you know it's going to be a different kind of election it's going to be a different kind of election night it may not even be a night that we end the night with a winner um so it, it, greg it, tell it, us about it well th this this is something that that the biden people themselves are concerned with and and want people to know about which is that the mm -hmm. likelihood here is that we will not have a winner on election night because of the mail-in ballots, because it's gonna take time for the mail-in ballots to get counted. And therefore, um, you know, we're not gonna know stuff. Wolf is gonna to have to like contain his excitement about announcing Trump, um, you know, for, for another couple of, uh, for a day or so. Um, and everybody in the country who is going to want closure and want resolution is going to have to right fricking now realize that we're not going to get the closure that we want on election night probably now, probably a... what's going to happen is right. um they're only going to show the you know the live balloting like they usually do 
And the live balloting, especially in the swing states, very well could show Trump winning those swing states. So we have to sit tight and understand that usually if mail-in ballots are 5%, whatever percentage they are, this year they're going to be five times that amount, enough to significantly impact um, you know, the, the result in some of these states that are, that are close and hard fought. Um, and we're just going to have to know that. And as soon as anything strange happens, the Trump people are going to uh, run with it. They're going to say it was rigged. They're going to say it was a coup. They're going to say it's steal the this and that and the deep state. And there's going to be, um, you know, horrible Russian ops. Um, Peter Strzok was on um, AG's podcast talking about this uh, earlier in the week um, in support of his book that came out. It's great and his point is the lag time between the election and the result is going to be... Um, he, he called it fertile ground for Russian mischief and disinformation. Right, of course. And it, it mm -hmm. makes sense. I mean, you're going to get, you know, I think there was a report today as part of that, uh, I think it's the scandal that's happening with the DHS or the, uh, the, the whistleblower at DHS. He's also yeah. said oh, yes. that they, you know, their big concern is that, they, that between, after the election night, after the results out, they will likely try and, um, you know, amplify messages to these to these groups that they have on the ground that are white nationalists or white supremacists and they will just try to trigger them because they've already spent years building up all this information in their brains that all they need to do is to trigger them in that period of time to do whatever it is they want which mm -hmm. could mean um you know could be a civil war if the world you know who knows what it was do. their plan last time guys i mean i so, i have uh, excellent sourcing and lots of research on this that this was what Roger Stone and his crew were, and as well as Russian intelligence, they were plotting. Um, they had this, you know, planted in the brains of a lot of folks. And I think the the more centrist to liberal folks who aren't part of the the disinformation sphere of the right wing. Um, it's not to say every conservative voter, but definitely people in a certain you know group of outlets that they were siphoning using Facebook and other social media to siphon you off in, into that universe where you're just perceiving a different world. They had people ready on a hair trigger for if anything looks bad about that election, that we're going to start shooting. They had, they were riling up militia groups, uh, every, every type they could get. And that, you know, if you see anything wrong with that vote, it's going to be Obama's trying to stay in office and you need to take back the government by which go shoot up the post office, go shoot your mayor or whatever. That's somebody, definitely Democrats, going to try and steal this. And and Fox News started this again last night with Greg Gutfield. Same. It's like they, these idiots only had one plan and don't believe in the FBI or anything. <laughs> like they got, it's like, guys, you, you tried this five years ago. Now And now they don't really, they're not very smart. They're just evil. And they're trying it again. And... Greg Gutfield, man, I, yeah, he's like, well, they're going to try to, they're going to, they want blood in the streets. They're going to try to go after guys like me. me. Here's a newsflash, Greg Gutfield. I wouldn't know you if I was pissing on you. So shut the, uh, calm down. Don't Greg flatter Gutfield. yourself. I feel angel. like I should know who this person is. No, you don't. Because you don't know who he <laughs> yeah. is. Who cares? There was an article you posted today from the Financial Times this morning, um, Eric, which, which actually said that there is real concern around QAnon developing into some sort of terror group. Um, it's just a terribly yeah. frightening and it seems ridiculous, but when you look at the makeup of all these uh, terror groups like Al-Qaeda, and as they sort of are born the same oh. way. They, a lot of manipulation. They've and, been radicalizing, ra and they're, yeah. they're to, the, the pivot is already starting, and you've got people saying when they're being fed this information, so we need to know who's behind this, yeah. uh, who's behind QAnon there. Yeah. Um, they're being fed information uh, that, you know, there's this dire situation that, oh, we're, you know, civilization is barely holding on. This is not just a bunch of mobsters and enemies who are causing us to go mad. No, no, no. They're the last bulwark in, in all this. And so, you know, if it looks like Biden's going to win, you know, maybe we'll have to do something really extreme. Now they're starting to be very specific. We may need to turn this violent. And it's interesting that this is exactly what DHS was told from Robert O'Brien, Trump's new and most treasony national security advisor. And that was a hell of a list that they had going. Somewhere between Mike Flynn and, and Bolton to end up at the bottom of that pile is really quite a thing. But, you know, it said in the DHS whistleblower report, yeah, there's two things we don't want you to look at. 
uh, you know, Nazis are going to shoot the place up and the Russians. Okay. Everything else is, you can look at, you know, rogue girl scouts. You can, uh, you know, look at junior varsity basketball teams, but no Russians or armed militias. And just watching the, the, the professionals try and deal with that, reading some of the quotes is like, why not? Why not? Well, cause, um, and, and they just came out and said, cause it'll make Trump look bad. And the well, Chinese- why would, um, Chinese, oh, yeah, yeah they were, and they were like, yeah, talk about China and Iran instead. Like, okay, let's talk about Belgium, too. Those bastards. And the Chinese yeah, invasion, the Chinese, their, their waffles, their chocolate. The Chinese attempt to uh, to infiltrate the the uh, the elections has so far been to hack the Biden campaign emails. It hasn't been, uh, as many had suggested before, in support of Biden. It seems to be against Biden. Um, so... In fact, in their own release of information, it seems that they've released information that indicates that both sides are working for Trump um, and not the other way around, which sort of makes more sense in the the geopolitical world. You got to go to Peter Strzok on this. He's like, yeah, are they both up to something? Sure. But who's the masters? Who's got the decades in this? Who's got the boots on the ground? Who's good at this stuff? Russia. Sorry, I mean Belgium. No, Liechtenstein. <laughs> no, it's Russia. Belgium uh, is code know, for Russian. Belgium <laughs> is code for Russian. Red Dawn, Red Mirage, Blue Tide, Belgium, Belgium, Belgium. Can you, can you explain <laughs> what these three things mean? Because I, you know, they mean a lot in election night. And I'm sure people want to know. The Red, red Mirage is, is the scenario that I just described where it looks as if Trump has won on election night. And then we wake up and we realize the next day, two days later, that in fact, no, the votes haven't all been counted and Biden did indeed prevail. And I decided to call it Red Dawn because we wake up to a Red Dawn. And also that means the Russians have invaded because it's, you know, same thing, really. <laughs> um, it just seemed appropriate. But, it's a, it's um, you know, we're, we're joking around about it, but this isn't this isn't like us putting our heads together and coming up with some you know, sci-fi plot for a novel or something. This is this is something that the campaign is legitimately concerned with that that is not likely but probable that could happen. The be- the best result is that Biden wins in a landslide and Biden wins on election night. And we know it and we can all like I can't even imagine what that would be like, honestly. It might still that, happen. There's a lot of places yeah, that no, get early it, it, counting it, again, of, of mailing ballots. The more people that vote uh, for you know that we can get to the polls, the, the more likely it is that we can go to bed that night assured that Biden has won, because the the mail-in ballots are going to be for him. We know this, so um, you know people are saying, well, we can't change the minds of the cultists, and no, they, these people are never going to change their mind. I mean, if they're if they're if their grandparents are dying of COVID and they insist it's a hoax, and they're giving money to uh, a campaign that's using that money to pay for their legal bills for felonies, and they're too stupid to see these things, they're never going to change. We don't need to convince the the MAGA people. We need to convince people who don't vote or don't usually vote that, you know what, this is the one you got to kind of, you got to kind of vote in this one. And, and the people that are, oh, that both sides are the same. We need a third party. <laughs> Biden isn't, isn't left enough with his policies. And it's like, like, listen, Trump is the ogre on the fucking bridge. Okay, to the Green New Deal or whatever it is across the bridge. And until he's removed, nothing is going to happen. So if you want change, you got to vote for Biden. Otherwise, the, the Republic, if Trump wins, the, the country is over. Period. It's really, do you, being, want, do you want Russian leadership election. in the United States or do you want American leadership in the United States? That really yeah. is the choice. It's not really, there's not much to choose there between the, those two. You've, you've got to choose Biden when you look at it that way because you don't want Russia running America. They've done it damn awful oh. job in the last four years so why give them another four especially with the with the news about the pandemic <laughs> i mean it's just it's just crazy that 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 woodward interview drove me nuts drove me nuts that he on february the 7th he has this quote that he's just like the most damning quote in the entire world about donald trump and i you know bob woodward is fantastic and i love the guy and all great journalism and whatever but he sat on this quote for four months i I don't understand the rationale behind that. He works he works at a newspaper. He could just say, hey, I got this amazing quote from the president saying that people are going to die. Can we please release it? Can we please publish it? He could have done that. I don't I don't get the 
It's just he said there's so no legal. He said there was no legal contract. There was no NDA, and there was no embargo agreed for his interviews. And these those interviews were were uh, consented to by the president. So I don't know. He can explain it. I, I there's two hundred thousand dead bodies. It's great to have it out, and I'm glad we have the information. It's it's fantastic to have the quote there because we could finally say definitively, hey, this guy uh, knew what he was doing when he decided to kill two hundred thousand people, but. He's, you know, he still killed 200,000 people. And it's, uh, it's I hard. mean, I, I, I wouldn't have done what Woodward did. You know, we're, we're trying to, to spread the word about things that we know as soon as, as we know it. But, um, you know, uh, Woodward's not ultimately the guy to blame here. No. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's almost like blaming Pelosi and, and Schiff for what's happening. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's clearly Trump's fault and his, and his, you know, minions. I, uh, Woodward's going to have to live with that. You know, yeah. he's going to have to live with it. Uh, I was also amused by the, well, this is worse than Watergate quote. It's like, oh, really? You think? <laughs> you know, nobody died because you guys broke into the, to the DNC, whatever, you know, and bugged McGovern, who cares about McGovern's headquarters anyway? You know, I, I don't recall 189,000 people dying because of that. I don't know. Maybe I missed it. I, I also was, don't know why we all like, sort of not calling it a genocide and not calling it all these things that are because it's really an incredible figure to think about. It. In America, no, there's been no other event in American history that's killed anything like this. And is there? I don't think. Um, well, are, so we are, are we over war? the civil war? I don't think we're we're not we're not there yet. I think the civil war is what is it, Eric? Half a million? I want to yeah, say that sounds, that sounds it's more in there. It's but there, the fact but that we're the fact that we're thinking oh we got to get up to the civil war levels is probably not good. It's two hundred thousand people is a genocide. It's like a remarkably large number of people to have one person yeah. allowing that to have happened because of his you know in what do you call it a, like, with his intentional mis mismanagement of the thing. Not even not even allowing it to making it worse. I mean he's mm -hmm. he's going to these events these super spreader events promoting the sort of idea that masks are bad and this and that and the other touching all these people. I, I mean, for a while, everybody that Trump came in contact with was getting COVID. So it seemed like he had it and, and was asymptomatic and was just giving it to everybody. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it's, it certainly seemed that way. Um, that seems to have tapered off. It's like, how much more bad shit can this guy do? I, do, I don't no understand. His, no one in his family got it either, which is just weird. Anyhow, let's get back to the blue tide and all of that, because I don't think we've explained blue tide yet. I don't know if we blue have. Blue tide is the next morning, man. We come in, we, we wake up, and, or, or the, you know, a day later, two days later, and we realize, hey, what do you know? Biden won Texas. That's right. it. Now, there, is a, yeah. there are some states where you can, your, pre, your ballots that you send in early can be pre-counted before the day. And in those states, you are going to get a, a blue tide. Um, now they're not right. all the states; they all have different rules. But they're going to get a you know a huge number right off the top. We're going to say Biden's got you know a million whatever uh, voters in this in this district, and and he's clearly going to walk away with the thing. So there is some hope to to, to combat your red dawn or the red mirage um, if it should emerge. Um, Eric, I just want to talk some more, if we could, about the DHS thing. Uh, did she so Kristen? What's her name? Chris, what was her name? The former Nielsen. oh, Christian Nielsen, yeah. who doesn't you know, Christian Nielsen with like J's and SENs and whatnot, who doesn't know whether the people in Norway are white. This is one of my favorite. <laughs> so, like, I'm not she, she sure lied under oath. in Norway. She lied under oath oh, about yeah. the number of terrorists no, they, yeah. that they were in coming oh, across yeah. the border well, from Mexico. No, they were they were they were leaning on their intelligence analysts. To lie about where the uh, was it um, um, KSTs uh, known and suspected terrorists are entering through. So DHS, one of the things they do is you know under the giant bureaucratic umbrella, uh, probably too too large. I think a lot of people would say that includes um, you know the border patrol and uh, you know immigrations and custom and whatnot they know when when where people come in and out and if they identify you either at the time you come in or when you come in illegally and they catch you or wherever it's their job to figure out all right are you a bad guy were you on a list before did you get in here how'd you get in where'd you get in so they keep they keep all that information and because they wanted this big mob construction boondoggle horseshit uh, money laundering opportunity, every just sort of like 
like felony smorgasbord of the wall, right? They had to have some justification, though. I wonder why, because apparently their their voters don't care, and they just they should be just like we're building a wall because we're building a wall. Go to hell. We're not even coming to Congress. That's now we don't want to wall because we want to be able to go to Mexico, and Mexico won't even let us to go there. Oh, the iron. That's right. Oh, we're locked iron. out. <laughs> Good luck getting a senior in Tijuana. It's like, hey, no, <laughs> no, no, sorry, brother. Um, no, so uh, the the intelligence that the um, DHS INA, which is their uh, uh, intelligence analysis, that's their one of the seventeen intelligence agencies. They're like, uh, yeah, that was false testimony, and so that's know, a crime. They, she should be getting charged with, presumably. I don't know. Uh, 18 U. I mean, you know, uh, intentional false statements are still 18 U.S. Code or sub- subsection 18 U.S. Code sub- one subsection 1001. Um, you can't lie to the feds, whether it's congressional testimony or FBI or whatever, I believe. Um, you know, this is not misunderstandings. This is intentional false statements. So that was the concern there. But the, the pattern is the, the pattern is the most distressing is that they went directly to their intelligence agency that, that supports DHS. And remember, DHS is one of the two agencies. No, I think it was like FBI and DHS. They can talk uh, you know, about the homeland, about U.S. territory, because CIA does not cover U.S. territory. NSA does not cover U.S. territory. We, there's no intelligence assessments there. So you got FBI for certain threats and DHS. Um, everything else is looking out at potential threats elsewhere. So one of those agencies, the Trump people have leaned on to lie to not just the higher ups or the, uh, the, con- the, the congressional pro- uh, consumers of their intelligence products, but every downstream law enforcement and security, um, organization agency that there is. So every, uh, every city, county, you know, uh, every, every other part of the United States that relies on DHS for threat assessment. Even if they don't hear from them every day, they expect if they do hear, you know, something that it's important and it's accurate and it's correct, that tore all of that up. And and they were incredibly transparent. These guys who were there illegally, Chad Wolf and Ken Cuccinelli, are illegally in their jobs. They should not be making those decisions anyhow. And on top of that... They're very transparent. This is for Trump. This is to keep Trump huh. in. This is so we can build the wall. This is so we can cover for the Russian Federation. I mean, it's it's. They literally don't even know where it is the war here. I mean, they're basically saying that the white supremacist groups are not a threat, and that Antifa yeah. is a threat. That's according to this. Uh, this yes, it's intentionally I mean, so that we don't you, look the other way on crazy. people that are gonna that are going to commit murder on U.S. soil and, and interfere with our democracy. I mean, this is, the, it can't get more treasonous than this. It really is. And in some ways more treasonous than the, the, the June 9th meeting at, at Trump Tower. We got dirt on Hillary Clinton. Oh, okay. I mean, there, it wouldn't go very far if it were tried, I don't think. But there's a certain plausible deniability with roundly stupid people that maybe they didn't get what they were doing. 2020 is much worse than 2016. I mean, in 2016, we did not yeah. have the mailboxes and the post office destroyed and ballots being thrown out for the sides of, of, of rental vehicles and, and you know, some mobster in charge of these organizations. We did not have any of this yeah. DHS yeah. disaster. We didn't have any of the intelligence. We had Jake. We, really we had Jay Johnson, we had Obama in the White House, yeah. we had Jay Johnson, and there's a lot of criticism about could these guys have done more, but at the end of the day, they were the ones pushing on Mitch McConnell to go, we need to, to work on this, and he's like, no, we don't. Yeah. You know, so, but we, at the end of the day, they got to prepare the National Guard, which they did. We know that from David Scheimer's book on this program. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that, he had, that Obama had the, the National Guard ready to go, and the National Guard would depend on DHS. And we had Jay Johnson at DHS, not traitors, doing good work, not telling their intelligence analysts to lie. In case the Roger Stone, we're going to turn America into a bloodbath scenario, came out. So this time, though, we got Louis DeJoya. We got, you know, Chad Wolf, the lobbyist from F Street, uh, you know, who's never done anything. Acting Secretary Chad Wolf, please. Acting, acting, acting. Always call him Acting Secretary Chad Wolf. Like, it has to be the whole thing. Secretary Chad Wolf. Acting Secretary John Chad. Oliver said Chad Wolf, <laughs> who looks the most like anybody you'd expect to be named Chad Wolf. So um, true. So true. So uh, 
That's not the rosiest of pictures. Um, let's talk about something that is very different, and that's Saudi Arabia's new. I don't say fun topic. <laughs> Enough but... with treason. Let's go, guys. Kill people with surgical tools. Next up, but it, it sports is, on the hour. It's nine eleven, and we should. You know, it's fascinating that on this day they've decided to let. Um, I guess they've allowed testimony to go ahead. That's true. Oh, that was huge. This is the they're going to Saudi... allow Bandar. Bandar outside to uh to ban the former the artist formerly known as Bandar Bush, a <laughs> former ambassador to testify as well as a number of current and past um Saudi officials. So there's a lot left to learn about 9-11. And by the way, to throw this in with some other stuff going on, I'm reading the Peter Strzok book, Compromised Counterintelligence and the Threat of Donald J. Trump. It is astonishing. It's an amazing book. And it's like chapter one. Deep cover Russian spies. Chapter two, 9-11. Like, hmm. Well, hmm. Dude. Hmm. Hmm. How does the one get to the oh. other? That's so weird. Oh. It's almost and he like also covered, the... he, And his the other thing he did, so he investigated, yeah, he investigated uh, the Opco stories, the deep cover multi-decade Russian spies. Right. Uh, he investigated 9-11 and Snowden. Yeah, those Where'd are the end hits? up again? I've no Toronto. That's where he landed up. Oslo, Russia, Belgium. Actually. How did? How did? Why did Felix ah! Sater? Why did Felix Sater know where where Osama bin Laden was? Why, because why did... I mean, my investigation, my conversations with Felix indicated that he would have got that from the Russians. That's where he no got the way. information from. Why would? Why would? There, but Putin. Putin was the first world leader to call Bush on nine eleven. Almost like he knew that <laughs> something might happen, and then and then um, you know why didn't he just why didn't Putin just uh, tell them you know Bush his buddy where uh, Bin Laden was if the Russians knew why? You know, um, I'll ask you one other thing while, while while we're asking good questions. Why did this mm. happen three days after the uh, 9/11? Why are all these nice people meeting George W. Bush? The Saudi ambassador to discuss evacuating Saudis and and terrorist traditions, and there they are having sipping cocktails on the on the balcony of the White House. Um, two days after, really, two days. And so this is what he had to do on September the thirteenth. That's a very unusual meeting. Strikes me mm. as being, uh, you know, that wouldn't be the first country I'd invite over to say, "Hey, help us out with what's going on." You'd but, think you'd have the UK and Canada and Australia over there. Yeah, you'd think that. There's Dick Cheney doing Dick Cheney stuff in there. It's a very, you know, certainly we... No, he hasn't shot anyone in the face yet. That's, that's unfair. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so it's, that was for uh, Greg. I was going to try and get Greg to break up. So, yeah, <laughs> you almost did. I think you did. So we've got 9-11 um, to figure out in the future, but there are going to be now law lawsuits against the Saudi officials, which is going to cost the Saudi government about $750 billion, or at least that's what they're threatening to pull out of the American economy. Um, but because it's going to be that much, the lawsuits could be so, uh, damages could be so high that before Obama left office and he was threatening to start these, to allow the courts to start to do this, um, they had threatened to pull out $750 billion from the economy, which they still, I suppose, could do. But, no, but I'm just thinking about the Saudis threatening us that way. I just like to remind uh, maybe the Saudi, uh, you know, embassies watching this show. You and I both know that at each one of your oil rigs is a guy from Texas and American technology. Have a good night. Don't <laughs> shake our country down, you sons of bitches. But they are. Because you can't tap your own oil oil you're gonna get a bucket have fun you better be careful eric they might send somebody to your house which means they'll have to send like a minivan because they always send 11 people wherever oh, they go because Sa saudi hitmen are that effective it's like they're really it's they great. are very effective yeah they're scary but, uh, i don't think they're any match for eric this story drives me nuts as well because he you know there he is khashoggi is Probably the biggest story that it's a tragedy that's happened to journalism in a long time, and certainly one of the biggest tragedies that happened to someone who was for an American newspaper abroad. And you know, this organized hijab happens on on uh, Turkish soil, and it's clearly the Saudis. And the president's reaction is, "I saved his ass," and it's not about the journalists; it's about um, um, MBS. I mean, it's just it's just 
sad. Well, even sad. and even at the time, he was tweeting support of MBS. Yeah. By the way, I mean, yeah. I wrote something about this two years ago before all the facts were sort of in, and the the intelligence at that time seemed to suggest that the Saudis were behind it, and Trump was who must have known was saying, no, no, I support MBS. I believe MBS, you know. And um, then the CIA came out with their assessment, I don't know, a week or two after that, saying, no, no, it was actually the Saudis who did this. Um, and Trump never, you know, he never did anything. He was always on board. Um, and we can't mention MBS without mentioning Jared Kushner, right. who was basically the de facto ambassador to Saudi Arabia. Remember, Saudi Arabia was the first state visit when Trump became right. president. Yes. Remember, orb. they went there and they there was that weird glowing orb that they had the handover and um, they did the sword dance and all that all that kind of weird stuff. And, um, you know, Jared was there. MBS was pumping him for information. And the the um, the intercept, I mean, consider the source, but the intercept did report that uh, Kushner gave MBS or at least um, acknowledged that um, certain of the people in the royal family were disloyal to him. And after Kushner left, there was a purge of of, of people in the royal family. Yeah. So uh, Kushner has so much blood on his hands that it's really it makes your head spin. It's really I, I can't have so much. Blood it's a Kushner in particular, though. I mean, I, I don't yes. get it. I mean, even before the blue state genocide that he's also a part of, I mean, he's responsible for, for a lot of deaths at this point. There's a, there's and he's a running around the Middle East saying, hey, I've achieved this great Middle East peace plan, which is just you know, an abomination, but it seems to be actually, it is sort of coming out in a, in a fashion that's going to work, I guess, but it's just horrific to the uh, Palestinian people. Um, well, pal, it's, it's horrific to the Israeli people. I mean, think of the, uh, you know, everything that's gone on there all of a sudden you know i mean you know since 1948 right now all of a sudden just as the russian asset and the and the white house is getting popped and you know it's been a hell of a day for for indictments and other you know justice department stuff bill barr notwithstanding although he got he got his ass handed to him today at the flynn case mm. um and oh yeah talk about durham's that prosecutors left oh it's just delicious uh yeah so judge gleason uh, is the amicus for uh, Judge Sullivan in Flynn's case is like uh, Bill Barr is insane and Flynn is super guilty and maybe hit him with uh, some perjury stuff too. I'm out. This is all we're done. Um, and there's a prosecutor that know, dropped out of the uh, out of the uh, Durham in Connecticut, yeah. I think, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. One of Durham's longtime colleagues and Durham, who fight after you know with all the. Q ultra right wing stuff. Oh, Durham's going to get these deep state guys. Well, when, you know, the longtime mob prosecutor, John the Bull Durham, finally meets John Brennan at, uh, you know, a former CIA director, he, he, they talked for eight hours. And my understanding of the exchange of information that made it out from one of Brennan's old deputies on Twitter uh, was that um, uh, they talked for eight hours and Durham told Brennan, uh, you are neither subject nor target of the investigation, which just makes him a witness. So like, how, so what happened? Um, <laughs> and anything else you want to tell us about? That's know, interesting. That's interesting. Where, oh, where did the origins of the Russia, the Russia investigation, the CIA, the Russia investigation, like there's one, um, and with, you know, the whole precept. The pretense is just is hilarious. Um, and the only thing Brennan said publicly was, I told Durham, you know, I was really sorry about having to deal with Barr. <laughs> it was like, sorry, conspirators. You know, gonna... Sorry, guys. So now Durham's got a prosecutor uh, gone. So the wheels are coming off the treason bus here for for all the, all the Trump people. And then just as that happens, Bibi Netanyahu is now like, oh, guess who we're at, we're at peace with? We're at peace with uh, the the Emirates and uh, Bahrain, and uh, you know we love everyone. It's like, man, all you money launderers stick together. It's just, I mean, that's really they, who do they bring in? Jared Kushner. He how did he achieve Middle East peace? Money laundering, his only talent. Yeah, they bought they bought the peace, and they continue to buy the peace, and they've sold out Israeli democracy, they've sold out American democracy, and they've sold out an alliance with America that, you know, I think is, at the end of the day, more important than your alliance with China or Russia. But, you know, that's up to, you know, that's their state's decision. But none of that points to a good future for democracy in the Middle East or any human rights in the Middle East. We are going 
backwards in time into a dark, dark place where money just rules the, rules the roost over there and nothing else matters. Um, and people are going to die and people are going to disappear and, you know, all the same kinds of crime that used to be there are just going to return in bigger amounts and, and then we'll end up with war again because it's really hard to keep the peace if you're not going to be democratic. It's just really hard to do. Yes, yeah. I think it's why we need, you know, none of us have the government we deserve right now mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and we really need to, you know, to fight for for this republic because I think if there's anything we've learned in the last few years, I don't mean this is from the sense of American chauvinism, as I often say. I don't think America is the best country. I do think it's an indispensable nation um, for a few reasons. But for if for no other reason, we have a lot of democratic ideals and we're extremely powerful and the world needs you know, there's a very Russian talking point. You don't want the United States playing world policeman. Well, why the hell not? If we have a, a, a system of rule of law that supports human rights, um, you know, we're not going to override your, you know, your sovereign government. In fact, if we wanted to do that, we would have done it when, when the Soviets wanted to drive their tanks all the way to Portugal in the 40s. We could have beaten basically every other world power we could have taken america could have taken the world over between 1945 and 55 i mean the whole planet we get this yeah. whole place we could just call everywhere else the other all te oh, texas the yeah. other texas <laughs> you know but it is the only you country know, in the world for texas and asia texas and just be all <laughs> everything else would just be texas texasia 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 I like it. There, yeah. well, it. It is the only country in the world that is really democratic. And I will say that there's lots of other countries that pretend to be democratic, but they all still have their, um, their old school uh, hierarchies, the, the sort of the, the upper class, the nobility, call it whatever, the, the monarchies. They all still have the that in place, aristocracy. Yeah. America chose not to go that route. America chose to be completely equal, completely free. And that makes it a real threat to all these other countries in the world that have all these other systems. And so that has set up where I think where we're at today, where we've got this conflict between countries that have this, um, this nobility class and the countries that the one country in the world that really doesn't, which is America. And do you know when Russia really started looking at the United States as a threat to its system? They, Middle of the 19th century. Oh yeah. And, yeah. They wanted. Uh Oh, it because froze they're, it froze you right out of the picture, Eric. <laughs> you must have said something annoying so to them. I, they think, were, I think the Russians are pissed at Eric. <laughs> they must be. Oops, I was full of my chair. <laughs> All right. This is always time to wrap up the show. Well, I think. It, oh, there he's back. He's back. They've had, they've had time to work on me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there were, there were a couple countries that really started paying attention to the United States in the 1850s and 60s. Russia and the, you know, the new world power of Prussia that uh, by the, the, I think the very late 19th century becomes this new nation of Germany um, that becomes by alliances, the world, uh, the Europe's strongest uh, nation, uh, but with not much backstory as a, as a single um, nation, they were paying close attention to the United States. The Russians were paying attention because of how they wanted to know how we were going to resolve our issues with slavery because they had the system of serfdom and they like whatever they set up over there, like they're knuckleheads and we are knuckleheads. Um, you know, we're immature. We don't look at history enough. Look at America, all the thing, all the thing, the, all the images of the ugly American are pretty true. And we also come up with some new ideas that we implement badly and then better. And um, we are free. I mean, there's just this freedom thing that is so important. And I, people sort of, you know, that is the one thing that America has that's different from the rest of the world is ultimate freedom um, or supposed to have uh, is ultimate freedom, or at least the aspiration towards ultimate freedom. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And, um, and that's a big deal. It's also a giant threat, but it's a huge thing. Yeah. And that's, there's a big, really cool story in the Peter Strzok book about this, where they're, they're, they are collecting what appears to be, you know, physical part of a FISA warrant. They're getting into a bank box for a deep cover Russian spy in Boston. And they're talking about how they need to keep exactly to that warrant. They can't bump into anything else in the bank because even when they're going to protect national security, they like, they want to protect every American civil rights. And, you know, this is so the anti the antithesis of the Snowden Greenwald WikiLeaks Russian horseshit.
I mean, America that, would never go and attack another we, country the way we've been attacked. We would never have be sending coronaviruses and all these other plagues or whatever it is they want to send us. It's, you know, it's, it's, and it would never happen under an American system, I don't think. I mean, that we would send military weapons and would have a war. That's we've done. But I don't, we yeah, we're loud and dumb and we'd get caught. Yeah. We'd get caught. That's the thing. It's a, a free <laughs> you system. Know, you know, yeah. People would tell. It's a, we have stupid ideas. I mean, like we did have some like Nazi-like eugenics in the 1920s, and like everyone's we're loud about things. So everyone, we're like the old, eldest child in the family, always gets caught. I don't know if any of you are the eldest. I was the eldest, and I'm just loud and dumb. So I just, I, you know, I did get in the intelligence world. Maybe it was a response to that. I don't know. It's like I probably you just try to search your uh, brilliance. But you know, America is just loud and just confident, weirdly sincere about things. What's that? There's a hundred percent of uh, in all the surveys I've seen about what makes America uniquely different from the rest of the world is its confidence. I think it's true. Yeah, I, I think it's true. I think it comes from well, a lot yeah. of things, but I think that confidence is is uniquely American, and it's very attractive, and it's why um, these powers around the world view America so as such a threat because it is so attractive. Everyone wants to live in America. Everyone wants to live under freedom. Everyone wants to have um, you know, equal opportunity to everybody else. Uh, and that's a rare thing in the world. So it's, it's you know, some people say that the, uh, the Jungle Book, I don't know if you're big fans of the Jungle Book, I've read it. That's actually an sure. allegory for all of this, that, you know, Mowgli is the, uh, hmm. is a, the, um, the, um, the free democracy and Especially the latest Disney adaptation. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it's it's worth looking at that book through that sort of mindset huh. because it it is a threat, you know. It's this, this is where America is a magical a magical country where anything is possible, and you know no one wants that. No one wants that to go out of control to the point where it takes over everything else. From their perspective, they want to stay in power. They want to stay in control of the world. Well, from very early on, and if you think the Russian memory is very long, the Russians had a, a very tight relationship with France to the, you know, the point that their, their royal court spoke French for centuries. Yeah. Um, you know, France, you know, helped our revolution out and then, tra and then traipsed our revolutionary heroes, Tom Paine, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson. They made them, dudes were rock stars in Paris. Yeah. You know, they were at every party. They got laid. All their stuff, got, you know, their stuff got published. They were rock stars in Paris. And they went, while well, Paris, well, the French had a king. And they're like, that was a thumb in the eye to their, their global rivals, the English. Like, ha! It was like a really great op. They, right. they turned the Americans free and gave them some military help. And ha ha! Suckers, you lost North America, you idiots. And then, you know, somewhere 23 years after that, they had seeded all this, all of our ideas out into the world, which are based on some of their ideas of, yeah. you know, Voltaire and, and uh, Descartes and whatnot. But they, they'd seeded them back into French society. And then it got really hot one summer in 1789. And, and they did like a, they cracked down on a protest. And the, they, the people of France tore the place apart. The Russians were watching that, right? Yeah. The, the Prussians were watching that. And they're like, wait a minute, what happens in America with freedom? People might get an idea about. So 70 years after that, they're watching the Civil War going, wait a minute, what are they going to do with making people work for cheap? Because we do that too. Mm -hmm. So let's watch that. And then they start their active measures. Then you get the 20th this 20th century now it's on man and america's a global power after world war one definitely after world war two you know there are you're right zev there the the world is watching us and that's what i you know the wonderful addition of thoughts that i hadn't had yet of you know why this is an you know this is an important place and we're you know, this place has to be a democracy. It's why it's worth yes. fighting for. And it's not about the American people or the land or anything. It's the ideas are just so freaking good that they threaten scumbags. They, they, our ideas of democracy and freedom and right threaten despots right. across the globe. And, and where I are our allies? That. Where are our allies? I don't see them coming to America's defense yet. I have not seen, uh, maybe the Australians through intelligence, we've seen some of that. Um, but I don't know if we've seen a united front by our allies. Where is NATO defending America's honor in the face of Russia's blatant attack on, on America? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. They're still, you know, wandering around negotiating. Um, it's, you know, it wasn't uh, you get to defend America only if we, you like the president. It's you get to defend America because that's what we stand for. 
Um, and why aren't we hearing more from these They're countries? They're captured too. Hmm? Sorry? They're captured too, a lot of so, them. Uh, some not, of them, you know, I don't know. Not France. Germany could say but what it is. Austria? Uh, Canada? Anybody uh, could say. Germany's they all have reasons example. to not do it, but they should be doing it. Okay, Britain's Britain's got problems. We had Nor some that? dude in Norway just. What's that? Britain's worse than, than we are mass- in, in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, they don't have deals. Report things are bad. Yeah. But, but, but still, they could be a. America's going through probably the worst of it, and America's uh, the most vulnerable because of our system. Their system is going to be the same afterwards. But when they flip certain countries, like when they, you know, the Iceland's only 330,000 people. So they got a bunch of, I mean, it's really gross. They've got, you know, some, they've got a bunch of their politicians on child abuse and child abuse media stuff. You only have to get a few dozen guys in that situation and you own yourself a country with a seat at the UN, right? Mm-hmm. So now, you know, go Norway, Denmark, you, you, you know, how much, you know, how much have they exploited Estonia and Latvia and Estonians and Latvians generally hate the Russians because they remember yeah. what they did to their country the world for doesn't most hate of the 20th century. The world doesn't hate America. As, you know, they don't like as Donald Trump. And yeah, why why is it, are they not defending America? And why you know why are we not seeing more of that, especially coming into this next election? Why aren't we seeing more of a? I don't want them interfering because that would be wrong, of course. But why isn't are we seeing a much stronger force if you know if Russia better watch out that if this continues, you know, this is just as bad what they're doing, much much worse what they're doing now in 2020 and 2016, certainly much worse than than what happened with Skripal or any of these other terrible things or with um uh, uh, the other guy who was poisoned and is now being treated in in Berlin. Uh, you know, no those things are serious. What's happening to America is deadly serious. And we're not hearing enough from these other countries. Yeah, just a little rant. I, I think I think the, I think a lot of the, in a lot of cases they're um, you know they're, it's their governments we're not hearing from because they've got some similar problems. You know, um, you know Austria's had you know been turning in guys from their military uh, for being spies for Russia. Uh, I think France had somebody very high up in the intelligence community that they just uh, they they just busted. I mean this. Yeah, but Russians, we, we were there for, a while. For, for Nazi Germany. You know, we stood we stood by them. We went and fought for them. Um, why are they here for helping um, us eradicate this foreign um, threat that's arrived here? I mean, it's uh, it's those are just true facts. We went and killed a lot of people. Well, do, we we have done the show on Deutsche Bank, right? Yeah, we have done the show on Deutsche Bank, so we know why. Hey, uh, I think we got to wrap because we we'll keep talking. For we got some problems. <laughs> Did we miss yeah. anything? Can I, can I say, can I say one quick thing before we wrap? Or, yes. or we yes, we got time. I, I know Eric's got to go. Um, just one thing because I want to end. I want to end on a high note. Yes. Um, the best thing about this country is that everybody that comes from this to the country or everybody who lives here with the exception of Native Americans, comes from somewhere else and came here under some sort of duress or because they were basically forced out of their own countries or left because the situation was better here. So basically they were losing in the other countries. They were the weaker people. They were the, the, the least economically advantaged. They were, had less religious freedom. They had less power. They had less opportunity. They had less all of these things. So it's, it's, it's essentially, if we may appropriate a Trump term, it's, it's a nation of losers in their home countries, right? In their native countries who come to America for new opportunities to win. And this, this collection of, of diverse people from all over the place somehow comes together under the banner and the ideals of democracy that, that Eric eloquently talked about and becomes the ultimate winners, mm-hmm. right? That's what we are. Mm-hmm. And th- what, what fuels it is the ideals. And, you know, we can never forget about that. Trump and these guys want to destroy the ideals and they can't. The, the ideals are not going to die. Like I've been saying this for three years. If the Republic falls, it's not going to be because of that fucking guy. No, That's all I ideas will live on, but the Republic should not fall for that guy. No, it will not. That's a great note to end it on t- uh, tonight. Thanks for time gentlemen and uh lincoln's bible was on chat i saw her earlier on so uh, she's resting and happy and enjoying still a drink on a friday night um good 
And uh, we, we have 250,000 downloads of, of the podcast, which is great. So we want to thank our, our audience for doing that. It's amazing that you guys have come forward. And, and uh, 250,000, that's a big number. It's a quarter of a million. That's blown away like a lot. Um, so uh, thank you very much for your supportive narrative. And we will be back on Tuesday with a really big show because Greg Smith is here. And he is Ooh. Eric uh, Prince's former associate. Uh, he knows the CEO of Frontier Services Group, yeah. and he's got a major documentary about uh, the mercenary business that's going to be very uncomfortable for Mr. Eric Prince on correct. Monday in Australia, and he's going to be on Narrative on Tuesday. Tuesday. Just the way things go. Nice. schedule. Nice. That's, that's going to be nice. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a big, big interview. Join us then. Thanks very much, and have a great weekend. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download.